You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome to McIntyre's Next Level Podcast, a place for entrepreneurs, leaders, and dreamers to awaken and be activated to their full potential. Are you ready to get out of the boat and experience your next level? Here's your host, Michael McIntyre. Welcome, everybody. This is Michael McIntyre, your humble host here at the Next Level Podcast at McIntyre. And we're going all the way up to New York City. New York, New York. Here we are. We're going big time, man. We, <laughs> yes, we just went big time. We've got a guest here that's really incredible. He's been on Fox uh, News for the last 10 years. He's done. Uh, he's got his own hosting stream on Newsmax. And this, this is a, a young man that's very accomplished. And I can't wait to, for you to meet him. And he's going to share his background and uh, about his family, about growing up and uh, doing, being an overcomer, being a Christian and being a businessman and being a leader. And we're going to talk, also talk a little politics with him because I love talking to me some politics. And uh, Sandy, I would shout out to Sandy McGuire for connecting us together. So thank you, Sandy, for that. So this is my friend, my new friend here, John Burnett. John is a management director and founder of One Empire Group, a consulting firm specializing in business analytics and development operations, process reengineering, growth strategies, risk management, and strat strategic communication. He's a business executive with over 20 years experience in financial services industry and has held leadership roles in risk management, compliance, and operations for Citigroup, Merrill Lynch, Morgan Stanley, and S&P Glo Global. He is smart. And he's and he's with us today. So welcome, John. Thanks for being on the program. Thanks for having me. All right, man. So we were talking a little bit before the show, and Sandy introduced us a few months ago, and I think, and we finally got the dates together to do this. And I was just, I, I know the first time we talked, we talked politics, and we'll go there in a little bit. But what I really like is is how you show up big time, and you put you're you were raised Christian. You put Jesus huge in your life. But you're also in the and you're doing news. You're doing stuff with Newsmax, with Fox, and and also you're sharing a little bit about your experience and growing up and your parents and what they went through. And so I want you to share with our listeners and our audience a little bit about your background because I think it's fascinating, John. So why don't you give us a little bit of of where you're from? What 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 you know? How did you become John Burnett? Well, you know, I was born in the People's Republic of Brooklyn, New York. <laughs> <laughs> raised in Queens, and I live in Harlem, USA now. I'm the youngest of seven. My parents were born in 1925, 1926. So they grew up in the South. So they grew mm. up under Jim Crow. And they saw a lot of horrible things. Mm. And, you know, you know where I get my work ethic from? When you hear your old man tell you at least a thousand times, boy, I used to get up early in the morning do far, do farm chores, then walk five miles to school for a bad education, then walk five miles back home, only to be greeted with more chores before supper. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, dad, I'll take out the garbage. <laughs> Amen, brother. Amen. So, so, so the thing is, and my dad, you know, I thought my dad was too hard on me. Mm. I think every child thinks that, right? I'll give you a quick example. Yeah. He taught me how to tie a tie. And I think when I was five years old, he, he showed me really quickly twice. 
Then he said he closed. He's before he closed me in in, my, in his room. He said, "You're going to tie that knot. I want a perfect triangle. The tip better touch your belt, and you better not take too long." And close the door. Wow. I was like, "Oh my goodness! No mirror, no anything. I gotta, I gotta figure this out." And you better not take too long. And you know, I could go through a lot of examples, but I'll leave it there. But later on, while I was working in financial services, uh, I got my start at 19, and we'll get into that. There's plenty of times before the computer, before Google, before anything else, I had to learn to think Mm. on my feet and really fast, under pressure. And then I said to myself, you know what? They cannot put on me any more pressure than my old man. (laughs) And then years later, as I accomplished success, I went back to my father. I said, thanks, dad. Thanks for being tough on me. It's good. Yeah. You you know know what he said? What he said? You know what he said? He said, there's a reason why I was tough on you, boy. He said, if you can take me, then you can take the world. Because I love you. The world doesn't care about you. Wow. So I was preparing you to be not just a man, but to be an upright man with Christian values. To, to to Even when you when pressures of life come against you, you can still stand. Good. It's good. So your father really, re, your father really showed up in a big way. And because uh, he, if he was born in 1925, in the South and through Jim Crow, they went through a massive amount of, you know, racism. They, you know, they had, they were hugely overcomers and yeah. So with that, but they, but as you shared with me before, but they kept a great attitude. They kept loving everybody. Yes. Absolutely. And that's one of the things, you know, my father eventually became a minister and then he was a pastor and my mom, Oh my goodness. She, you know, I don't like to to say it, but, you know, because I don't like to put saint on anyone. I, let me tell you, she was a saint. <laughs> yeah. And and there were times, right, where things happened. I was like, wait a minute. Is it the rapture? I, I will call mom. And if mom picked up the phone, I'm like, okay, Jesus didn't return yet. <laughs> so you know, be the she, first one to go. <laughs> she was a godly woman. And I think when you went, and that was, that's what describes me. Yeah. My foundation. And the point I want to make on that topic is that you can imagine the knives and the people coming after you in corporate America, Mm -hmm. especially when you move up higher levels of management. I still have the, the knife wounds in my back. Amen. But I still showed love. Yep. Still showed the same work ethic. And guess what? God bless the hearts of those individuals to further bless me. Come on. Because I wasn't out to take someone else down That's right. for what they did to me. So Good they job. actually, technically, they were shown love and Christian values, even in the workplace. Now, don't get me wrong, you know, I'm a firm man too. But the thing is, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't believe in retaliation in a sense of I'm coming after you and I'm going to take you down. No, that's not how you're supposed to walk. And people oftentimes forget that we're supposed to show 
God's love, mm. God's mm. righteousness in every facet of our lives, including the workplace. You know, especially that's so good, especially if we're really going to tout ourselves as Christians, right? Because being Christian right. mean, means being Jesus like, yeah. And of course, sure. we all fall way short, right? And so, but in that aspect, you know, Jesus says to love everybody always and even pray for your enemies, right? And love your enemies. Sure. And that, sure. and that, that's a whole next level, bro. It is. But like right. you, like you said, you've been done wrong corporately, right? And let me say, you're, you, you told me earlier, you're born uh, in 69. So you're in your mid, early 50s. Oh, you know, as you get older, sometimes you forget your age. I'll be 55 this year. Yeah, you look great, man. So being a, you know, you carried yourself well, you carried yourself far, and you and you had great parents to do that, which is such a blessing, right? Even in the toughest times. So t- tell me your journey into this financial world and how did that go? I mean, even, you know, you know, you know, it, 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 growing up in the in the 70s, in the 80s, as you did, there were still yeah. some tough times. There were still some things going on. And there's always going to be racism, always, you know, until Jesus Absolutely. comes home, right? And so, but you, you're an overcomer in that. But I love your attitude in this. And I want you to share with our audience, John, because you're you're quite accomplished. You're very successful. And we're going to get into some more of that in a minute. But how are, how going through college, going through all these things and getting your education and, and landing your first gigs, how was that for you? Well, first, I want to quickly say that I always knew what I wanted to do. It was something in business from five years old. Wow. And it started because I wanted more of allowance. Why? Because my mom would give me 50 cents a week. And guess what? When she gave me those two quarters, she gave me a tithing envelope. I'm like, Mom, what do you mean? (laughs) Make sure she said, go to the store. You buy whatever you want, but you better bring back a nickel for God. I was like, Mom. I'm a kid. Can't God let me slide for a nickel? (laughs) But they were sowing good habits for me to sow good seed. So, you know, I used to bake cookies. I used to take my mom and my sister's toiletries at five, six years old, steam the labels off, put my own labels on and sell it back to them. Fast forward years later, I call that rebranding and marketing. (laughs) And then I I baked my own cookies from scratch. I had my mom and my sister sell them at school school and and work. Then I also sold, bought candy, real candy from the store and resold it uh, for twice the value before and after lunch. True entrepreneur, <laughs> baby. True entrepreneur. So, so I could go through a long list of those things I used to do. Mm-hmm. Fast forward. You know, those Southerners, they have some sayings, let me tell you. And one of those sayings, that my father used to always say, boy, you got to create your own breaks. I'm like, I'm a kid. What breaks do I have to you know, come up with? But after you hear these things, mm-hmm. day after day, week after week, mm-hmm. I think it, it, it seeps into the soil of your mind. And yeah. even though you don't understand it, I think spiritually it, it, it plants that seed. So fast forward at 19 years old, this is how I got my start with no formal education. And I was a C-plus student. The only Mom. A's I really received was anything that I could relate to business because I, I was a business mind. If I couldn't relate it to business, I didn't care. I was really arrogant when I was young. Smart, but arrogant. But in any case, I got my degrees later on. But here's the thing. I walked in there. And here's where the faith comes in, too. 
they always led me to believe that I could do anything with God. Come on. Philippians and I said, wow, don't look at what you don't have as long as you have a mustard seed. And the in the in the in the element of that mustard seed, it's not the size. Mm-hmm. That as long as that mustard seed is a hundred percent faith filled, no doubt. So it's it. not about the size, it's about the faith with no doubt. And and I always believe that you know all I need is a slingshot and two rods. Which I, I sum up to be my faith, the word, and prayer. As long as I have those three, I'm good. So I walked in, I put my Sunday best on, walked in, and I had and I and I got a name of an executive there. Now some people say I lied. I don't think I lied. I I dropped his name and the receptionist asked me. Do you have an appointment? I said, no, but he's expecting me. Never spoke to him. This is way before email. But in my mind, I'm talent. Mm-hmm. And HR is always looking for talent. So they're expecting me to walk through the door. 100%. <laughs> Listen, here, I, and I want to pause right there, John, because what you just dropped is some platinum stuff. And I want to make sure this is called this is called being innovative. This is called being creative. Listen, God put us on this planet to be creative because he made us in his own image, right? And he's the ultimate creator. Yes. And what John did in that position is he went in with, where he brought confidence and he brought God in, which is called Godfidence. And he showed up and he, and he was creative. Yes, he's expecting him. No, I don't have an appointment, but he's expecting me. I love that. That, that That's Godfidence, baby. Come on. Totally. And I want to combine it with something else I've said a moment ago. Years later, I had an aha moment. I said, wait a second. Now I know what dad meant. Create, boy, you got to create your own breaks. (laughs) So I created, I think I created my own break. And let me tell you, I, I described the jobs that I held. I did everything with pride. You know, I passed out flyers when I was 13 years old. And they saw it like, wow, you're having way so you're having way too much fun passing out flyers. People are actually coming in here buying product. So they brought me inside to sweep up because I wanted more hours. Then they tested me. One of the owners was a Jewish man. He brought me into to his home. It was a jewelry store. And he had me move some stuff around into his and bring it down and put it in his car. The last load, there was a wad of cash. Hundreds and twenty dollar bills, and he always used to tell me, "I don't have enough money to pay you extra hours, whatever." <laughs> so after I put the last load in, I picked up all that money, came downstairs, shoved it in his chest, and says, "Don't ever." We ha- we already had developed the rapport, so I could do this. I said, mm-hmm. "Don't ever tell me you don't have money." Right. <laughs> the next day, the manager Richie said, "Forget that flyer stuff. Forget cleaning up." But now I'm on your behind the counter. What am I doing behind the counter? He says, I'm going to teach you how to uh, buy and appraise gold and diamonds. Come on. At 15 years old. Come on, bro. And I said, why are you? Do- I asked, why are you doing this? Because you passed the test. What test? He said, every $100 bill and $20 bill was accounted for. Yep. I yeah. said, that was a test? 
I didn't even know I was being didn't tested. Even know it. No, because I because you so, I, because you had integrity from the get go. You had integrity. You wouldn't even have thought about taking any of that money. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So that job and other jobs later on, because they eventually moved out to Long Island, it was too far for me to travel uh, after school, after high school. So I had to take other jobs. But all those responsibilities I described to the uh, HR individuals, professionals at Dean Witter. And they looked at me and they said, wow, okay. I see trust. I see this. All the all the skills that it, that 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 were needed in order to start off as a margin analyst. Well, when most people were starting off in the mailroom, they said it's a stretch. I said, if you send me on the interview, I'll get the I'll get the job. And let me tell you, I got the job, and it was it was tough. I passed so many tests, and this is a real testimony I'm about to lay on you. Because I even shocked I even, I'm like, wait a second, I can't believe I did that. So <laughs> I had taken a lot of exams, the correction officer exam. They called me. And at the time, my one of my sister's boyfriends, my other sister's friend, and I had friends who were in law enforcement, state trooper as well. So I had people around me as part mm. of law, law enforcement, and I respect law enforcement. But I said, ah. I don't know if I want to give up on my dream. Again, now remember, I had a great start, but I was still stuck in that department. Mm -hmm. I didn't have my degrees. And here it is. I could, with overtime, I could have been making $80,000 a year in the mid-1980s. Decent money. Good yeah. job. And retired in 20 years. So, you know, I was struggling. In, in the spirit, and, and uh, a prophetess came and said, I don't know what you're praying about, but God said, you have a choice to make of some sort. God said, he's with you. Come on. No matter which track or which road you take. And I was like, okay, you know, but God, I like, can you give me more details? <laughs> and yet I look back, you know, at that experience, he was testing me. He already knew what I was going to do. Mm -hmm. But many times, he allows us to make decisions, decisions to show ourselves because he already, he already knows. Yep. So I chose with nothing in my hand, like, wow, this is probably leading to nowhere. I don't have degrees to fall back on. But God, you said that you're with me no matter which road I take. If you're with me, I'm going for this road. I'm staying. It's good. And even my parents says, boy, you're going to turn down a guaranteed job 20 years you retire? My friends, everyone thought I was a fool. And let me tell you, even the, the police officers who were doing the inve background investigations for corrections, the, the police officers, you're a good kid. You were born in the projects. Now you're living in the suburbs, but still. What opportunities do you have? They said, you know what? All right, fine. We're going to call from this list again in six months. They call back in six month, months. I said, the answer is the same. You know what that police officer said? I risked my job for you. I said, what are you talking about? I'm supposed to send all the folders back. I kept your folder in my, wow. in my drawer wow. just to make sure 
because I never know. I, I didn't know if I was going to get your folder again. Maybe it would be someone else. I wanted to make sure you were on the list. That I was, said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, and you, you know, know what? I, I love I that. Thing and I and I elevated years later. And I said, wow, God, you just opened so many doors. And then later on, I got my degrees, but I, I rose to management even before getting my degrees. Management at Smith Barney, management at Merrill Lynch, running national divisions before getting my first and second degree. Beautiful. I love that. I love that. And it just goes to show, you know, even though, you know, you're looking at a shiny object, sometimes that's not the object you need to be looking at. Right. And so, and but you come know, on, it's tough. Yeah, I mean to, to turn down a guarantee. I know. To not know what's ahead. I know. And I know. then I look back, and I'm not bigging myself up, but I look back no, I in get the it. examples in the Bible, like, wow. Yeah. Wanna, and again, I'm not equating this, but but Abraham and others had to show where their loyalty, where their faith lies. Jacob, Jacob had to go through that, right? Big time. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's really good. I, I think that testimony is really profound, John. And I, and I want to read something here about in your in your bio. Since 2014, John has written opinion editors, editor uh, editorials featured in Black Enterprise, The Daily News, New York Post, The Hill, Wall Street Journal, and many others, covering a wide array of issues from business and economy to politics and policy. He's also a frequent guest commentator on Fox News, Fox Business Network, Newsmax, New York One, PIX, 11 News, and international news stations. So I want you to tell the, I want you to tell our listeners and our watchers, what was it like to be the first, when you were first brought in as a news correspondent on, on Fox? How was that? I didn't know I was laughing. <laughs> because in 2013, I left Wall Street to run for New York City Comptroller. Yes. And the reason why I laughed, because I remember way back when in the 90s, people used to say, oh, here comes the mayor, here comes the senator, here comes the congressman, because I'm always trying to get people to do what they don't want to do. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's good. So here it is. I stumbled in politics. I said I would never run for office. Then all of a sudden, when you run for office, next thing you know, people want to know your opinion. I started going on TV. Then I started writing articles, my opinions on business policy, the economy, and politics. I said I would never write. I said I would never go on TV. Then I said I would never teach. Then all those doors open. I'm an assistant, I'm an adjunct assistant professor at NYU. So I'm doing all these things I said I would never do. But here's the thing. Most people say, well, all right, you have your undergrad from NYU and you have your grad, your MBA from Cornell, but you don't have a PhD. And I know you have a lot of business experience all over the world, but usually you have to have a PhD to teach four credit level classes that are required. God just opened doors. Usually, in order to get stuff published, you have to pay a PR firm or know somebody. I didn't have to pay one cent. Come on, Jesus. Well, usually to get on to get on these major national networks like Newsmax, Fox, CNN, MSNBC, BBC News, Channel 4 News in London, 
news stations in Africa, Middle East, China, Russia, all over the world didn't have to pay one red cent. Come on. But here's the thing. Just like I struggled, like, okay, which path should I take, Lord? With the opportunity to run, okay, Lord, which, which path should I take? That same prophetess came, like, I don't know what you're praying for, but God said that he's with you, but it's going to be for his purpose. I thought I was going to win. I ended up losing my race. But all these other avenues opened up to go on TV, to do all these different things. But I remember what the prophetess also said, that it's going to be for God's favor, but to remain humble. So I remained humble. And all these doors opened up, just like those doors opened up when I chose the path that had no real vision on it other than the light of his righteousness and blessings. I love that. And 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 I love the way I love the way God just kept showing up for you. I mean, look, you know, they don't, you know. They don't put slouches on Fox or Newsmax or, you know, New York, you know, London, Four, Channel 4. And, and you know, you yes, you've got an MBA from Cornell, which is really good. That means you're smart, which is really good. But also, you can articulate exactly what you want. You, you can cast an articulate vision of what you want to do and what you believe in and what you're going to do. And with that ability that God blessed you with, with your mom and dad, especially with your father's upbringing, because he loves you. And he said, hey, I love you. The world's not going to love you like I do. And so I'm going to be doubly hard on you. And you took that and turned down that $80,000 a year guarantee, okay, and stepped out of the boat and trusted in him. And I love your faith in this, John. And I want to ask you this because I know I know we talked. But that was uh, eighty thousand back then. I know, Fast which is like two hundred thousand today. Probably, exactly. No, I get it. No, I I I get it, man. I I it's impressive. I want to ask you because I love your political uh, background here too. You were also the first vice chairman of the New York uh, Republican Party and former candidate in the New York Comptroller that you lost, but. At least you, at least you went out there, bro. I think that's really cool. So, right. in our first conversation, we got to talking about politics, and I'm a big political junkie, and I know you are as well. And we're looking at this race, and I was, in fact, today, you know, Trump was in front of the, his lawyer was in front of the Supreme Court pitching the deal about the, about the insurrection deal and trying to knock him off the Colorado ballot. Anyways. The whole thing's incredible. And I think what they've done, and I think it's backfiring on him, they made him, they turned him into a Godzilla monster with laser beam eyes, you know? And it's really interesting watching it all go down. So in our first conversation, I asked you, and we, we spent some time talking about this, you know, he's going to get the nomination, of course, and who's going to be his VP candidate? Who do you think is going to be, who, who do you think he's going to pick? Because look, I would have never picked Mike Pence out of, or Mike Spence out of, any, any lineup, I would have never, I didn't know he was, you know, I'm, I didn't even know who he was, you know. So what do you think, John? Well, first of all, I just finished Newsmax hits talking about Trump. Okay. And talking about Biden's classified document situation. Yes. So those two situations are very interesting. Um, however, I like that you prefaced uh, my response uh, by stating that Pence was that outlier that nobody could could have predicted. But when you look at candidates, they usually pick the opposite 
of them. So whether it's the VP is someone that is a household name now or someone we don't know, I think that person will be the opposite of Trump. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, but I, but knowing Trump, I think the second time around, I think he's going to pick a household name. Mm. And if you notice a recent interview with Maria Bartiromo, I watched it. Yeah, with Fox mm-hmm. Business News. Mm-hmm. Now, usually he don't he doesn't name drop. <laughs> so he either name drops drops for two reasons to test those two names that he dropped, mm-hmm. Governor Christie Noem and Senator Tim Scott. Mm-hmm. Or he's using those two names as a distraction because he doesn't want people to ask him about his true pick, which could be Governor Huckabee Sanders. Wow. I, so didn't, that, I, see, I didn't even think about that. See, that I I you just you just threw me a curveball slider. <laughs> <laughs> And another curveball, or or maybe a knuckleball. I don't want to throw the same pitch. <laughs> maybe Tulsi Gabbard. I like I like Tulsi. Now I've heard Why? because yeah, she's an independent now. Yeah, I believe who used to be a Democrat mm-hmm. who would likely caucus with Republicans, and she's a female. Yeah. So all see see these things. This is a good list to have. Good problem to have for Trump. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so by throwing all these names out there, you see how people react. Yeah. So and so far, everyone everyone has reacted favorably to all all uh, of those names that I mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Those and four people. Yeah. And I I was talking to somebody. You know, I thought, is he going to pick Ron DeSantis? You know, and no. Yeah. And you say no. And my my only thing is, whoever he picks, okay. I want them to be good enough to where they can carry on for the next eight years after 2024, right? And win the White House for two terms. So that would give us 12 years in the White House. That's what my goal is. Politics is different now. (laughs) That was the model back in the 80s, 90s, and maybe the early 2000s. As far as, yeah, I picked the one for the next. And and Trump has to say that Mm -hmm. in order to sell his VP. Mm-hmm. get elected. But we know the world can change in four years as it yeah. as it changed after Trump became elected. That's right. right. Went to the Oval Office. He changed the global dynamic in domestic. And we also know that when he when Biden came in, he changed the world too, right. global and domestic. So a lot of things can change in four years. So it's not a guarantee. Look, look at look at Clinton. Gore didn't have an easy cakewalk in there. No, nope, he sure didn't. Nope. Right? Bush Bush didn't have an easy nope. cakewalk. Nope. I mean, well, maybe so, but in terms of his reelection, you know, he, he didn't. Bush won, he, lost, he his, lost, lost, lost. But there were a few right. missteps. So okay. there's a, imagine how much changed since then. So mm-hmm. I think the VP can help Trump win. But you know the world can change to carry on. between you know after his four years, moving into that next election. All so right. I think you, we I'll should just focus on the short term. All right, that's wisdom. That's wisdom. See, their their audience. I just got schooled in some politics, which nobody thought that could possibly be, <laughs> but I just did, and I love it. I love it. I can talk about this stuff all the time. All right, so tell me this. All right, my question for you, John, is: You watched all the debates. I know you did. You know and. All right. Who was the most 
who is the most interesting new person on the scene this year in your mind as uh, running for president? Before I answer that question, let me say this really quickly. Okay. Because I bring up my business mindset into politics. 100%. Which also, which oftentimes clash, clashes with conventional politics. I don't believe in discarding anything. Everything could be converted into an asset if you see its value and position it effectively. So a lot of people, they don't like the way Vivek attacked Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis, but he is an asset. He's a smart, successful businessman who not only, only supports Trump, but he supports American values. Even though he's a different faith, he supports American values. But Agreed. young people love him. Yep. Let's embrace him and, and leverage what assets and value he brings. Good. So, and I, I'm glad that he dropped out early, support Trump. Maybe he could be a future cabinet pick if, if he so chooses, or provide advice on business matters domestically and international. Good. That's good. Yeah, I was impressed with him. I was impressed with his articulation of facts and how he dealt with, with you know. And his humor. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, you know, and he is brilliant. He really is. He's very, very smart. He's Ben Shapiro smart, you know, and I, I think I, I like his style. And yes. yeah, I agree. I think it's really interesting. And, and I think there's going to be a place for him in the party, obviously. All right. I want to pivot real quick because they're talking about getting rid of Rona. And for those out there that don't know who Rona is, she's the she's the chair. She runs the Republican GOP and she's actually a Romney. Mitt Romney relative. And what's interesting about that though, is she changed she dropped that name because there's some bad blood between Romney and 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 Trump. Yes. Okay, here's the deal. <laughs> I gotta come clean. I love me some Ronald McDaniel. Here's oh, why. Here's here. why. It's all right. It's all right. As as, as first vice chair of the state party of New York. I can tell you, not with bias, but with confidence, that you know what? I appreciate you, Chairwoman McDaniel, and here's why. You know, people, Republicans with money, they don't like to invest in New York. Why? Ah, mm -hmm. oh, blue state. I know, I know, it's redder at when you get outside of New York City, mm -hmm. but I'm not giving a dime. I'm going where we can win. So, so, and, and people used to fly in to raise money for races elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And billionaires and these rich people wouldn't invest into New York. But Ronna McDaniel did. She mm. saw the opportunity. And guess what? We flipped. We won five seats. I know. That gave Republicans the majority in the House. Why? Because she invested in a myriad of different ways. And guess what? She could have easily pulled the investments. She said, no, I still believe in New York. Let's retain those seats. And she's also contributing to that special election to, to fill George Santos's seat. Right. So I think, so, so we can go through a lot of different uh, scenarios. Second thing I want to mention is that yeah, everyone could be Monday morning quarterback. And I understand the frustration, but 
we have to look at things holistically. Like, oh, God, you, once you still throw that word out there, oh, he's going into his business mode, right? But hear me out, hear me out. I love President Trump. I grew up idolizing him in New York as a kid. Remember, I was all about business, like Trump. Like, wow, I want to be like Trump. The thing is this. I love the guy. But if he would have stayed out of Georgia and stayed out of Arizona, we mm. would have had those two seats. True. Why? Because Kemp already had the, the person that he and the party wanted locally to run for Senate. But you know what? Trump had to come in and pick Herschel Walker, which uh -huh. ended up being a complete disaster. Right. And, and, and other races. And, and some races he picked. But those picks were that he won were a safe pick. Mm -hmm. But if he would have just worked with the local parties, forget past grievances, we would have had Pennsylvania the too. Pennsylvania too. Pennsylvania as well, mm -hmm. as well. So there's enough blame to go around. But now let's coalesce the party. Good. You know what? I love the president. If he thinks that you know midway through, when we have a good shot at winning, you need to change the jockey. That's up to him. I'm not going to tell him what to do. It's his choice. But let's not completely throw Rana under the bus because she did a lot of good things. And in this modern day of politics, it's becoming increasingly hard when you pass, uh, when you have a governor like DeSantis passing a six-week bill mm -hmm. when it's not really an issue right now. Let's get in control the White House yes. before we start pushing certain things. So timing is key. I agree, John. But when you have a lot of free will and people doing a lot of different things, which is the spirit of America, right? Freedom. Mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of hard for anyone to balance. Let's, let's look at Speaker Johnson. You mm -hmm. know what? Mm -hmm. They kicked McCarthy out. Guess what? Mm -hmm. Mayorkas would be impeached right now. If, Kevin if we left McCarthy, McCarthy in, because that's one vote, right? Because his seat is. Let's let us let us be honest here. And even as bad as he is, if we had Santos in there and wait for November to replace him, those are two votes that we could have had that we could have impeached and we could have passed a lot of other policies. So True. look, we can we can disagree on the person. We could disagree on policy points, but let's focus on the strategy on how we get things done. Good. It's really good. Timeline. I like I like I timeline like, like, like business. Yeah, no, I get it. I I, I think you, your your approach to this is really good. All right. So I'm gonna pivot now. And I always ask I because I really enjoy I can talk to you for hours about politics. And you've got such a good view of it. And I really appreciate your insight and your intellect on this, John. All right, so I want you to talk about your your new show on Newsmax. Share with the, our our listeners. It's another thing. I've been to, doing TV for a while, different channels, and at one point I was I was appearing on. I had five different appearances on five different days at times at Newsmax, and, and, and it got to the point where people thought, like, "Wait, are are you an employee there?" Like, no, I just go in a lot. And other people who also did hits, oh, you need to ask for your own show. I'm like, no, God said, be humble. Come on. And he will open doors. And That's people right. looked at me, 
What the hell? That's stupid. Why would you wait? And, and people said, well, you know, the thing is, many times you need to step forward on faith. I'm like, yeah, but I remember what God told me specifically. And you know what? I didn't even have to ask for it. They came to me and asked me, hey, do you want to be a host? I'm like, well, I've, I go on a lot, but being a host, that's that's actually running things. I've, I've never done that before. Don't worry about it. You can do it. And next thing you know, I got my own show. Come on. And you know what? I can't even take credit for it. <laughs> I want to tap my feet. <laughs> I can't even take credit for it. You know why? Because I know God is the one who gave favor. God is the one who opened doors. Just like, just like David cannot take, couldn't take credit for taking down Goliath. All he can say, I just had the faith. I love it. God moved the mountain. I can't move mountains. That's right. But my faith can, and through my faith is actually God's power. Amen. So how do we find this show? Name it. So it's on Newsmax too. So let me let me give you a background. Newsmax, okay. you, you already know it's a cable yep. channel. Yep. But Newsmax uh, decided, you know what? The future is streaming. They launched Newsmax Plus. So if you have the cable channel, you can actually stream through your cable provider. Cool. But let's say this, people are getting content differently nowadays. Mm -hmm. If you don't have cable, you can actually get Newsmax TV on Newsmax Plus, a paid subscription. Gotcha. But if you don't want to pay, you don't want to do any of that, well, you can't watch Newsmax TV programs if you don't want to pay cable or pay Newsmax for Newsmax Plus. So they launched a whole new set of programming on N2, its streaming platform, where nice. you can stream it on your mobile device or laptop or whatever. So I am. One of the co-hosts on the morning program, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday. The show is called First Edition. I love it. I love Newsmax it. Newsmax streaming. So All you right, can so find it. Tune Newsmax. in and watch you, John. And so how long Newsmax do you spend? Newsmax TV. How long do you spend in makeup? I just want to know. Only a couple of minutes. They just put the powder on me or whatever. Only a couple of minutes. And you know what? You know what I get upset over? Because I have a bald head, they gotta put it on the top of my head, the back of my head. I'm like, I'm not even turning around. Why are you gotta put it on the back of my head? I'm like, come on. Love it. I love it. I let love the, it. Let the shine come go on, through, baby. Right? You look good, man. I can't wait. I, and I'm real proud proud that you're on that and it's it's working for you. All right. So, so the other thing I want to ask you, and I ask everybody, all right, what what verse are you sitting on right now in the Bible and why? And what what's your favorite or your favorite verse? And also what book, what books or what book have you read lately that you want to share with the audience? Well, I have the book that I plan to open this weekend called Woke Jesus. Oh. I can't wait to read it. Cause listen, there is an imposter in the church. And is trying to choke out the word with wokeism, with social justice movement, and all these different, you know, secular thoughts or secular philosophies. Mm -hmm. No, we need to hold on to the foundation of the word of God. Come on. Good. And you know what? 
you know what? I know it's, I'm about to say a verse like, okay, well, John, I wanted a different verse that, you know, maybe you could pull up that we haven't heard of before and provide context. Well, I understand. I understand. But I'm telling you where I'm at right now. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and everything else will be added. Now, you know, I'm working on that seek part. I'm like, you know, I got to be honest. Can I be honest? Can I confess on yes. this show? This is, yes, you can be honest on McIntyre. Yes. I had to confess to God. You know what, God? Yeah. I don't want to pat myself on the back. Yes, I'm a Christian, this and that. But honestly, I can do more with the seeking part. I can do more giving more time to you. Come on. To read Come on. your word and to pray more. You know what? I got to do better, Lord, because you said seek first. Not when I'm when I when I have free time. Not when I can get to it. Well, you know, I'll do extra on the weekends. No, seek ye first. That is all the time. First is all the time. Come on, first is never second. Come on. <laughs> right? Good. So I said, you know Good. what? It's, it's especially in these times when, when I need God to minister even more through the word to my own spirit and soul, but yet it'll better equip me because let's face it, People are gravitating toward wokeism mm. because they're void. They, they, they have a void in their life. They're turning toward drugs. They're turning toward sexual perversion right. because they're empty. That's right. So you know what? Yeah, I need to feed myself. But you know what? If I actually fed myself even more than I do now, I, maybe I can feed other people Amen. as well. Good. Or starving for good word, not having itchy ears for things that satisfies their flesh. And the reason why that resonates so much right now, even in this conversation, because when I reflect back, when I applied faith, doors were open. Yes. So wait a second. Come on. I should seek even more because I don't have to worry about these secular things. Amen. Amen. The doors will be open. Just and put they, him first. And you've got a testimony to prove that, John. And I love that. So listen, listeners, watchers, get out here. Start watching Newsmax 2, 7 a.m. Yes, 7 a.m. Is that 7 a.m. Eastern time? Yeah, 7 a.m. Eastern all right, time. All right. Don't all be right, late, man. folks. Don't be late. We start on time. No, I get it, man. Hey, we're all about being on time at next level, baby. We're all we're, we're next level. <laughs> we're all about that, bro. We are. Man, John, I John Burnett, I just wanted to say thank you and thank you so much for coming on. You are next level, bro. I love your I love your political wisdom and genius in this. And you've given me some more things I didn't even think about. And I really like that. Yeah. And I love your heart. I love I know you're, you know, I, I just, I love the way you honored your mom and dad today too. And it's very cool. And the Bible says to honor them. And, you know, sometimes it's not easy to honor parents, but your parents were exceptional, obviously. And so I'm really proud of that. What state were they, what did they grow up in? My father was born in Angie and raised in Durham, North Carolina. And my mom was born in Sylvania, Georgia. 
but raised in Savannah, Georgia. Wow. So North okay. Carolina and South Carolina. All right. In Georgia. All right. Deep South. All right. It's really cool. Listen, my friend, I hope I want you back on this show and I want you to come back and I know you're going to be a listeners are going to love this. This is going to drop here this next Tuesday. And so thank you, man, for being on here. Thank you, Sandy McGuire, for introducing me to John Burnett and John, you're a star. And I love it. We'll be looking for you. And hey, you never know. I mean, you might get that VP nod someday. <laughs> come on, bro. <laughs> Awesome. And you know what? I have to have you on this show too. Hey, just let As me know, man. As a successful businessman and believer, because we need to restore faith in the almighty God, heavenly God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And you know, if I can leave you on this note, yeah, I stopped saying just God. We have to be specific. Amen. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Come on, bro. Preach it, man. Preach it, man. I hey, listen. I, you got next time you're in town in Texas, let me know, man. We gotta get. And then when I come up to New York, I'll I'll, I'll ring you because we gotta hang out together. Yeah. We have a lot of fun. All right, man. So nice to meet you, John. And thank you so much for being Next Level Podcast. I really appreciate it. You got it, brother. Thank you for listening to the Next Level Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share. For more resources to help you maintain your next level life, join our community at themichaelmcintyre.com.